1: Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, uh. identity, Ooh. culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought. Gender, I hardly know her. <laughs> Boo. I, like I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was cute. I liked it. I'm Fran, I'm a writer and editor, and I'm still waiting for Laura Dern to text me back. like it's Never gonna happen, girl. She? Come
2: on, please, Laura. I'm Just waiting. because your best friend Phil met her in oh my person. God. <gasps> Name chat. <laughs>
3: uh, Phil's to this my day my anime.
2: Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. My sexuality is gender trouble, but my gender is the wretched of the earth.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. All right. <laughs> um, we went dark. <laughs> I am Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, a writer, a former figure skater. And I'm sorry to tell you that I still feel a lot of shame around pooping. It's oh, true. Okay. I wow. do. Right. Like I many a bottom. We're still working through it. We appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Hey, everyone. It's your girl boy, aloke. I'm an empath and an artist with a lot of feelings.
2: Oh, I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> Thank
1: you for coming into the studio today to sub in for Tubes. We have loke, a poet, a performance artist, reigning non-binary queen of yes, Instagram. Yes, yes, yes. yes, you can own it. Um, buy <laughs> their book. Uh, you just re-released your chapbook, yeah, it's online. Well, amazing. Where can they buy yeah.
0: On my website, a l o
2: k v m e n o n dot com. Amazing, Joe. Yes. What do you? What do we have on the menu today? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited, you guys. This week we finally find a swimsuit that fits. It was so hard. Alok takes us on a little ride. We get hard. <laughs> <laughs> we get hard butch femme, and we end by properly gendering him. Mm. Take it away. Mm.
3: Mm. i
2: Feeling a little peckish,
1: so let's start the top of this show the way any good top should a little tease, a little something to wet your palates mm. and minds. It's our Amuse mm. Bouche, and today we're gonna amuse your bouches with a little game called Swipe Right, Swipe Left. Don't it's know a, her, it's a classic. <laughs> so, um, Hello. we uh, ha- in this game, which you're already familiar with, but I'm just going to explain for the sake of our readers, we list a bunch of cultural forms, um, things, cultural phenomena, things in pop culture, um. Um, and we decide whether we swipe right or swipe left on them. And, and, and Joe, which one is which one is left? Left is the Oh, God. Not so much here. <laughs> for yeah. It. And then swipe right is. Mm, oh, yeah. okay. Yes, got it. Liking
4: love. the si- sound effect. Yeah. yeah. Truly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So swipe right, swipe left, the snow. Oh, my. <laughs> a little it's kid's right, looking then. at me like,
0: "Are you fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay?" The snow is white supremacy incarnate yes. <laughs> Swipe left, absolutely.
1: <laughs> also, I left, 100% swipe left. Swipe percent Yes, uh, swipe left. You have some pretty passionate thoughts about when weather, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely.
0: Well, okay. Um, my career goal is to be a weather person. Actually, wow. <laughs> so, like what, that, subscribe like, to the channel. Gives the weather and also what you should be wearing. Yeah. Because oh. you know, like I feel like fashion and weather are an intersection that are really important to me. Yeah. yeah. So I Absolutely. just, you know, like on my Instagram stories, I'm always saying, Hey everyone, it's your girl boy hello, coming to you, Live and in Color, always and in color with today's weather forecast. Yes. Yeah. And the thing about snow is it's like it's like nature in me, like the aesthetics. Like I want to take a photo in it, but I don't want to live in it. Yeah. No, and no, I no. feel like it needs to be a word in English that describes that relationship.
1: The relationship with <laughs> I want to it's, it's called green screen. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's yep. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I
4: yeah. I just like seeing snow on greeting cards and sometimes right. through a window, and that's fine. Yep. More than enough.
1: Yeah, truly. Swipe right, swipe left, gender reveal cakes.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh
1: so oh. you're swiping right, hello. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you look absolutely pleased.
0: I mean like if it's done at like a queer performance art show. <laughs> Where there's like a meta commentary and there's vegan and gluten free options
2: <laughs> and like the cake is actually green. Right. Or teal. I, would just, I was just gonna say sure. if you slice it and it's brown, which is the color of shit. Uh oh. yeah. Sanrio, oh. Everyone.
4: Everyone poops, Dennis. I, Absolutely. Um I like, first of all, though, do you really need another reason to have cake? Like, cake is just wonderful. (laughs) But I like the idea of them for, like, adults who are, like, reclaiming their identity or claiming it for the first time. I think that's really fun. Mm -hmm. But the idea of doing them for um, unborn babies who have not yet had a say, I, mm, gross. What would you, so if you
1: had like a gender reveal cake, like in your, in your later life and you came out as non-binary, what color would the cake be? I
4: think the entire thing would just be filled with rainbow sprinkle confetti. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Interesting. just, maybe decorated with like, like, um, sparkly pink, like high heels or something like oh. strappy high heels mm-hmm. and, and, um, paid for by Manolo Blahnik. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wow. think my non-binary yeah.
0: cake would just be hollow.
4: Just, <laughs> just air, air. air. yeah. <laughs> also, perfection. Mm-hmm. Swipe
1: right, swipe left. Glossier, the makeup brand. Swipe right. You swipe right, yeah. I love. I'm a big Glossier fan yeah. as well. I think it's fine. Yeah, I I'm, love. I love the boy brow, but I don't like the gendering of the boy brow. Yeah. It sounds.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, I, I love makeup, but Glossier just by the sound of it sounds like something I probably couldn't afford. <laughs> Which it's
1: actually is it? pretty affordable. Oh, good.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, swipe yeah. right. Swipe no. right in
4: there. I, I like bougie sounding makeup too. I'll swipe right.
0: <laughs> and the font's really nice. The font's really Oh, my God. Really yeah. I love a good type
1: Absolutely. font. Absolutely, <laughs> it's necessary. Swipe right, swipe left, RuPaul's Drag Race.
0: Uh.
3: <laughs> so I
1: watch the show every week, full disclosure.
2: Fran, uh, and always watches it in public. At pri- Is it a paid appearance, Fran, I- or No, I <laughs> don't. How
1: dare you? That's sponsored. I watch it, actually, I used to watch it at a lot of bars, and now I watch it with friends mm. um, and, and in enclosed spaces. Mm-hmm, I will mm-hmm. swipe left... On a lot of icky things that come with yep. Drag Race, mm. however, I am addicted.
0: I would just like swipe up. It's another option. We'll, we like <laughs> yeah. hover above. Oh, um, yeah. abstain like, mm. from. Yeah,
5: <laughs> I
4: can. I do. I if I don't watch it, does that negate swiping right? Like, I like that it exists, but I really just don't enjoy reality TV at mm. all. Wow, so, like, controversial takes so early. I Truly. know, I know. And everyone for years has been like, "You need to watch. You need to watch. You need to watch." And I've seen some clips, and I like. Under like I love that it exists so much and that it's opened it up to a lot of people. So I guess I swipe right on that, but I just don't enjoy reality TV. The I,
1: reason I, they say that you need to watch is because you are a reality TV show in human form. Correct. Like, that is, you is true. Are, well, then why do is, I need another one? Everything you say sounds like it's from Real Housewives, <laughs> and like, you've never like, seen it. Turning around <laughs> and introducing true. herself. <laughs>
4: that is that is true. That's true. You speak
1: yeah. in catchphrases.
4: I do. I do. They're fun. Swipe
2: right. Swipe left. Swimsuits. Swipe right. I love being in a speedo. I wish i were in a speedo right now. I hate my body, but love being in a speedo. Interesting. Isn't that weird? That is very. I think it's really weird.
1: That's that. That is a juxtaposition. Yeah. Swipe right.
2: Swipe right. I wore
0: my first bikini actually. Yes.
3: Yes! Yes!
0: So like I was trying to start the new year on like a new kind of thing, Uh and so I was on vacation, and I was like, okay, can I take a photo of myself in a bikini? And I ended up looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, whoa, like, this makes sense to me. Yeah. Was it something yes. you had
1: been at, like, kind of, a, you
0: didn't want to be involved with at first? Like, I don't know if we're getting into the trauma segment of the episode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Um, Wait,
4: um, we this wanna... is Food for Thought. Every <laughs> <spring>. Everything <laughs> is the trauma segment. segment. Yeah. Welcome. You know? welcome. Like,
0: okay. Growing up, I never swam because I was made fun of my body hair so much. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I would always wear a shirt whenever I went into the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And so something about just going in the extreme opposite direction and just being like, I'm here and a became but mm. felt like so freeing for me so I loved it absolutely
1: I also have swimsuit trauma I also wore my shirt in the swimming pool believe it or not I was that kid pool parties to this day are the like the most terrifying thing I could possibly undergo and therefore I also hate most
0: if not all men's swimsuits
1: wow. which is why mm. I love I love actually this is not sponsored the tomboy x um unisuit which the is one like the, oh my god one, I saw
0: the photo of you in that um that's one of your most iconic photos. I, oh my gosh! Yeah. Stop.
1: <laughs> um, I love that swimsuit so much. I like. I like. Ge- I finding a gender non conforming swimsuit is the first time I've ever felt like I really wanted to be mm-hmm. at a pool mm-hmm. ever. Um, and I felt very comfortable in it, yeah. even though I was the only person at all the parties wearing a gender non conforming swimsuit. Sure. But that's fine.
0: We can go to a swim parties together. Let's do, do it.
1: You'll be in your bikini, and I'll yeah. be in my unisuit. Amazing. It's very cute. It has like a rainbow zipper as well. Um, swipe right, swipe left. Gays who hate when you use the term faggot.
2: Oh, I swipe left on that. Uh-huh. It's like yeah. my my literary agent, who bless her, is a, a straight white lady, um, but pretty good. She was like, "You, I just th- you use the word faggot a lot in your book, and I Google searched, and it is three hundred and forty five times. And maybe you should pull that back a little bit." And I was like, "No, three hundred and forty five 345
4: times times you want in one book?
2: book. A little bit. You think How you many know? pages 20 is the more book? More than make three sixty five. I'm you. A <laughs>
0: faggot
4: <laughs> per day. Alok is Agreed. like that seems kind of yeah. low." Yeah. I, I, Agree. <laughs> if a faggot per day is my philosophy around my sex life why can't it be my philosophy around right. my word. literary career
3: Totally. Exactly.
4: Um, no I swipe left on that I'm sorry I don't like it when people police the language that I use that is related to my identity right. even if it's part of their identity and a lot of times it's not like I don't really encounter that many queer people who like don't who have a problem with me saying the word faggot it's usually straight people mm, and then I'm just like wow. that's I understand where that's coming from, but not not here. Take that somewhere else. Um, cosine. What's
0: your like relationship to the word faggot? Like, I I identify one as one, like I relish in it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Swipe right, swipe left. Photo shoots.
3: <laughs> These are really good um, This is targeted yeah.
1: at Alok Because <laughs> life exists in a photo shoot You like yeah. Truly like you, you pull off so many photo shoots
0: I really do You actually. like a lot I Like all the time Yeah <laughs> that's an absolute swipe right
1: Okay tell us why
0: I feel like photo shoots and performances are the only place I can dress Where I want to like how I want to dress mm-hmm. um, Because there's something about like the simulation of it That allows a space for me To be free Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of like a paradox that I hold really close is that performance is where I can access authenticity.
1: Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. Thanks for playing.
3: Amazing. Thank Ma. you.
1: For our second course, we have an impure thought segment, um, courtesy yeah, 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 of man. our hoe of honor. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> good. So happy to have you here. If you're not familiar, um, and an impure thought is wherein a um a guest thought tells a salacious titillating hookup or sexy sex story or maybe not all that sexy and not all that salacious and it just is an encounter that happened and is of note or worthy of the narrative or whatever um <laughs> yeah very capacious definition but a uh, look do you care to take it away start us where are we Wick. sure
0: thing so setting. Imagine like a tiny, tiny town in the Midwest.
1: Okay. Hate Um, it already. Like
0: population like 500. Oh,
1: wow. Okay.
0: So I'm talking to this person online and it's like, 11 p.m. and there's absolutely no public transport in said small town. Okay. There's no cars. There's no way to get around. Okay. So then it becomes like uh, sort of like, how are we going to facilitate this interaction? Uh-huh. So it turns out that there's one community van that actually uh. goes to different oh. sites in the small town to pick up people. So they say, OK, I'm going to get on the community van. To come by to your hotel to pick you up. What? And then we're going to oh. get off the community van over here. T- and so, like, just orchestrating this logistics in a small town. I'm like, wow. Oh, that, so that is then, a uh, lot. Right? So yeah. I'm picked up in the community van, just, like, making conversation on the van. Like, hi. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> what's everyone doing? Like, everyone knows each other. It's a small kind of place. Okay, cute. You know? So you, and you are not native to this town. No. Okay. And so then um, afterwards, it's like two or, th- two or three in the morning and I'm where like... Where did you go? How, to their place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do I get back to my hotel? Because there's no way to get back. And then this is like, there's a lot of scenes in my life that feel like a movie. I'm not sure if it's a horror film or a romantic comedy, like that, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> that kind of thing. Okay, fair. Where then this person takes out a tandem bike and... <gasps> Then I find myself biking in the cold rain no. with this person No, back to my hotel, like, what? literally for 25 minutes on a tandem
3: bike. What? <laughs> with this person? Yeah. Because no. a,
4: tandem, a tandem bike is the one that has two seats yeah,
0: in a row, Two right? seats. Or next to each other. No, like, uh, I think... I- Shout out to all the bike people. I don't want to offend you, but like, I think that there's like the front seat and then there's the back seat and you're yeah. both pedaling. Yeah, I'd oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. never correct. ridden one of those in my life. Oh, and so it was like three in the morning in this like pitch dark oh, rain. My. I don't do nature well, you know, so I'm like screaming, crying. I just want to get home, but like, we're on this tandem bike, but yeah
3: why, why do you what? what so wait, wait, wait. Wow, wow, so wow,
2: when you were wow, on
1: the bike were you fully screaming the whole time or only part of the time well
0: you know like it was like more of like an internal kind of like <laughs>
1: blood curdling yeah
0: but, it was, uh-huh. but then it was also kind of like thrilling and exciting like uh-huh. I really like moments in my life where I'm like I can play Avril Lavigne in the background and then yeah. it's just like wow like this, happens. <laughs> you know, this is happening you know so it just felt like it felt like very circa like mid-1990s like emo me like in the rain like on the tandem bike like yeah. who are we like yeah. what are we? What are we aspiring what towards? You know, and there was like yeah. no lights because it's this tiny, tiny that's place. Terrifying. Yeah, but we made it alive.
4: That's wow. I'm that proud that's of you.
1: Terrifying. Wait, wait. Tandem bike. Okay, so that's the. This is the other thing is that tandem bikes are terrifying. Did you? Did it take like a while to like get yes. on it? How long?
0: Uh, minutes, like,
1: hours?
0: A good like sixteen minutes. Yeah,
3: no. sixteen.
1: To like,
0: it, it's it's because you have to coordinate the kind of yeah, like and, like, you're, you're yeah. and also... then it's like when you're turning, the the person is like, "I'm turning." Like you have to really like oh. coordinate. Wait, no, do you, you both do. Have, <laughs> you
4: both have handlebars, so you no, have to turn. Okay, I'm just like pedaling. Oh my god, this is yeah. horrifying. My mind is. What? Well, wait, what were you wearing?
0: Oh my god! Great question. Thank God I was not wearing a dress or a skirt. I was okay. just, I think I was wearing like pajama pants. Great. Um, yeah. Well, that's
4: appropriate for two Can, in the morning. Yeah. Can we talk about the encounter the inc- and, and
0: whether it was worth it? Well, that's... Um, I honestly feel like the bike ride was better. <laughs> I really feel... I feel like uh, that experience sticks
4: out to me more.
3: Wow. It wow. was more poignant. Yeah. Wow. Well, at least yeah. there
4: was some good writing that happened that night. Oh, yeah. oh. I mean, you know.
1: Oh, my God. I hate you with that pun. hit me so
4: late. And I hate you <laughs> so for it. Oh, my God. It had to happen. It had to happen. Wow. It's but not the
2: tandem bike. But not no. the tandem
4: biking. No. That was did tantric.
2: It? Was it a tan- tantric biking? Tantric. Thing?
4: Oh, my God. Ooh, no. tantric biking. Was it
2: raining when you started the bike, or did that, like... It was I, I, raining when we started the bike. Oh I'm imagining God. you wow. getting on the bike, and
1: you're halfway there, and then it's just like... <sighs> and starts raining.
2: That's what I was picturing as well. Very yeah. cinemagraphic. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever had, like, a really bad, like, having to get home from a hookup situation? Oh, That's an interesting... Um,
3: oh.
2: I feel like...
1: I mean, have you? I feel like I... Definitely, like a walk of shame is like a thing I'm very privy to, but mm. I kind of mm-hmm. my walk of shame is usually like a walk of pride because mm. I'm kind oh, of like
4: yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, was, like, did, I did. I'm switching that. those hips even harder left to right. Yeah. I mean, it's I you know
2: the drive home. I told the story earlier in the show of spilling the entire bottle of poppers in the back of my mom's Subaru when I was fingering that guy. Our mood. And mm-hmm. let me say that the drive home at two in the morning from hooking up in a uh, state park parking lot. In the back of my mother's Subaru was a whole mood and a half. And, a Subaru that oh, reeks of VHS but, tape cleaner. I was on poppers. That was, and Popper was the that a sponsored drive? ad for Subaru. <laughs> yeah. is today's That's... podcast sponsored by Subaru. I we're That's... gonna have to bleep out the word Subaru because they do not want to be associated with my slutty It's Actually, ass. sponsored by Tandem Bikes
4: of the Tandem
1: family. Thank Subaru you. Is tandem is weird. like Kleenex, like it is right. actually a brand. Yeah.
4: And
3: uh,
4: I'm. Um, a... I'm so ready. No, so a couple of years ago, I hooked up with a guy. This was also in the Midwest. And um, in the middle of our hookup, there was a rainstorm and then a massive blackout in oh the God. entire city. Oh, so romantic! Which yielded some very hot, like, sex. But then afterward, he wanted me to stay over, and I was like, "I have to go home." Like, I if yeah. I if if my family wakes up in the morning and I am not in the house, like there will be like every police officer in Cleveland, Ohio is going to be searching <laughs> for me. Like, I need to get home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was driving through a a pitch dark city. There were no street lights. Oh my god! And that was actually pretty terrifying. <laughs> but I made it home. I'm still here. So wow. Yeah. What about you, Fran.
1: I, in terms of like a, a getting home scenario, oh gosh. I mean, I. So I went on like a very. I'm thinking about this tandem bike thing. I went <laughs> on a very on a of a, a fi, how long was it? Five hundred mile, five hundred forty five mile bike ride, right through mm-hmm. across the West Coast, um, for an HIV/AIDS fundraiser, and I think I remember I I didn't. So you're usually like too tired to like th- even think about sex because you're like waking up at four o'clock in the morning and like going to bed early and like your body exhaust is exhausted or whatever. But I do remember finishing the race and being like, "Wow, I would love to have sex right now" or mm-hmm. something like that because mm-hmm. it was like a, it was like a really long it was like a really long bike ride, but like. Yeah.
2: And there wasn't chafing happening? There was no chafing. Oh, wow. Well, oh, I probably, wow. The yeah. person that what I was What was seeing... your taint, like, maintenance regi- well, regimen? Well, you
1: have to... This is a great question, Joe. I'm so glad <laughs> you asked. Ah, the, the, the taint maintenance is this thing called butt butter, and you take... Um, you put on a plastic glove, hmm. and you cover your plastic glove in the butt butter and you stick your glove into your um, crotchal region. And you just like <laughs> in and out, in and out, in and out and like kind of make sure that every area of your crotch is covered in butt butter and you can do that every single rest stop.
2: Wow. wow. And that wow. ensures no
1: chafing. And I mean, I was... Is I was, this like
0: customary practice?
1: This is... Yeah, everyone... And it's it's so customary that at every single stop, they would hand out tiny little... They come in little packets. Oh like little God. like tear packets, like ketchup. And you would like just take the ketchup packet and everyone would fully... Grease themselves in front
4: of each other. Wow! Like wow. wow. I know, like sticking wow. your hands down your pants. So what you're saying is, long distance biking is a great introduction for bottoming, mm. perhaps. Oh, for those it, who've never done. You know, it AIDS
2: life cycle is 93 and a half percent bottom.
4: You
1: think? <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Would ma- imagine. I it's love a sweeping gestural krill.
2: statements. <laughs> 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 as as a biker myself. Mm. Who has mm. never tandem biked in my life? Mm-hmm. I do think most bikers mm-hmm. are bottoms.
1: Yeah, but the butt butter—I mean, it worked. And I was I, the person I was seeing at the time. I, I promised them I was like, "I will bring my butt home to you intact." Oh, wow. I did.
4: What a romantic That's, gesture! I did. I said that on what it. I did. i really wow. selfless. Really selfless, yeah. friend. Like, I think you need a yeah. tweet
0: hallmark right now. There's yeah. a whole <laughs> new series of cards.
3: Uh, amazing.
1: <laughs> uh, thank you for that delicious yeah. thing. Thank
3: you. Yeah. Yeah.
4: HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so that you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. Achieving your 2019 goals is as
2: easy as enjoying delicious home-cooked meals with HelloFresh. Fresh Fresh pre-measured ingredients
1: and easy-to-follow recipe cards are delivered to your door each week in a special insulated box. There are three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, with the option to switch
4: Between for when your tastes change. Get out of that recipe rut and start cooking outside of your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes. Y'all,
2: those pork tacos. Mm. I like have incorporated some of the tricks from that recipe into my
4: everyday cooking. They were so good. Mm. To get pork tacos. Yeah, yeah, so good. Amazing. Take advantage of HelloFresh's special offer for 2019. Get eighty dollars off your what? first month by no. going to, yes by going to HelloFresh.com slash THOT eighty and enter THOT eight zero. That's eighty dollars off your first month. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash THOT eighty and enter THOT eight mm. zero. Mm.
1: It's time we get into the meat of our discussion, the thought process, if you will, spelled T H -H And the theme of today's episode is gender. Gender! (laughs) So, Dennis, you want (laughs) to open it up for us?
4: Yes, 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 I do. Of course you do. Uh, All right, my dearly beloved thoughts, we are gathered round table to consider that beautiful, mutable, ever-evolving spectrum that we like to call gender. Now, without making too many assumptions, I'm guessing... That like me, most of y'all were raised to think that gender and sex were synonymous and that there were only two variations, male and female. I can only speak for myself when I think wistfully back to the early years when I pranced around the living room thinking I was Michelle Kwan (laughs) and dreaming about her Vera Wang dresses. But it's not hard to imagine a twelve-year-old Joe O, the science hoe, wishing he could try on sports bras instead of jerseys. <laughs> oh, I whipped clog- him off after the, this, a- the
2: soccer <laughs> goal scoring. You were also a clogs girl. I wore. I did wear my mom's clogs. clogs. I love clogs when I fit in, in them. Yeah, clog
4: queen. I always felt like clogs were like should be considered a very masculine shoe. What? But
3: that's a different <laughs> conversation. I know
1: somewhat well. Why gender the shoe, Dan? Why First
3: gender of the shoe? As of a all, kid, I remember thinking. <laughs> I know
1: someone a, who has a clog blog.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, it's called Clog Life. <laughs> Put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the show wow. notes.
2: Well, I have a Woody for that. Anyway, oh, I, I, so right. I hate you. <laughs>
4: um, I can also see a fifteen-year-old friend plotting world domination with sharpened nails painted in the blood of homophobes, mm. <laughs> and a sixteen-year-old aloe writing poems and knowing she would soon delight the internet with body hair and a simultaneous smorgasbord of brightly-hued lipsticks. Yes! <laughs> a lot of lipsticks. <laughs> Between the four of us, we are a mishmash of identities and expressions, and we proudly take part in a global movement to disrupt binaries and make space for everyone at the table. But we live among those who would reinforce how confused we are, how deviant. To start us off, I want to go back to the word confused. Circle of thoughts, I have to know. What is an early memory of confusion... At the way someone near you presented their gendered self as opposed to how you thought or were told they should present.
3: Mm. So what? someone
4: that isn't you. Someone that isn't you. Someone that you reserve- Someone that you observed. What did you think or what were you told? I have one.
2: Okay. I mean, it, I find it so interesting because I grew up in the country mm-hmm. where um, women were butch. And that was straight. It's like women, uh, you know. Straight women were straight butch. Straight women were Go butch. Like that, it was like you know no one wore makeup everyone was like you know shoveling shit everywhere like people worked with their hands all the time so uh that d- wasn't gender variant to me sort of the the sh- the sharing manual labor mm-hmm. a- as a part of like building a farm building a house like that all was very normal and it was only as i left that space that i realized that, that it's not <laughs> fucking normal mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of places and that that sort of um the butch femininity of getting shit done is queer in a way. Mm.
4: It's, yeah. it, I feel like that's super queer. Is that so was that like college or like or like some yeah. younger time when you took yeah. An, a Yeah as soon trip? as I
2: started being around rich people I was like, oh not everyone's mom knows how to like you know put their fist up the butt of a cow to do shit. You know, like mm-hmm. this is a weird mm-hmm. like as I come we all learn. I come yeah. from a weird place. And and that yeah. was a big part of my understanding, but I I I came to an understanding of race class and gender kind of all at the same time, understanding that like I came from a place that was different, like it was poor Mm -hmm. white people and that had an effect on gender and like the people's race politics back home were really bad. But like at the same time, I didn't identify with any of the white people who were at my college because they were all rich. So it was like this really weird time of like coming to all these realizations and understanding how all these systems of power had all been affecting me that I couldn't see at that time Mm -hmm. because I was just in it and young.
4: This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury, because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote.
5: It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal healthcare, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com.
0: 20 years ago you fell in love with the Gilmore Girls for 154 episodes and 4 movies on the I Am All In podcast Scott Patterson aka Luke Danes, everyone's favorite grouchy diner owner takes us down memory lane tune in to the I Am All In podcast to relive the Gilmore Girls saga one episode at a time
1: we'll share stories we'll share the memories I've got a million stories to tell especially about Sean Gunn and Milo Ventimiglia and a lot of other people too
4: Scott will take you Back to Stars Hollow, Luke's Diner, Dosey's Market, Miss Patty's,
1: even Mrs. Kim's Antique Shop. I know you guys have been binge-watching it through COVID and, you know, for 21 years and generations of families and mothers and daughters, and
4: let's watch it together. If you can smell snow, if Paris isn't just a city in France, and Friday night dinner is a requirement, you won't want to miss this. Listen to the I Am All In podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Gabrielle Collins,
0: period drama nerd, and your behind-the-scenes guide to Bridgerton. On Bridgerton, the official podcast, we're learning how this fantasy world dipped in history came to life. Daphne, her costume design really is about the elegance of simplicity. It's just color and
4: shape.
5: We went old school. And we got two scenic artists in who painted
4: the backings for us by hand. These dukes are all like in their late 20s, early 30s. Almost all of them are unmarried, really good-looking, and none of them have syphilis. Can you imagine when he looks into your eyes and then he dips you?
0: We just heard this sort of ripping sound. Yep, I think there's just been a wardrobe malfunction. Listen to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your favorite shows.
1: I have, like, very cognizant, so I don't have any for, like, other people, but I have very cognizant memories of, like, People telling me of like a classmate telling me how to cross my legs. I think that's kind of uh, a cliche, oh, wow. but like whether I should cross my legs, like quote unquote, like a girl or quote unquote, like a guy in the triangle shape, which is like a less comfortable way to sit. Yeah, like, I just don't that? understand. Well, I think, I think people, I think like men are like, well, I can't cross my legs. My balls this will get my, in the way because my mm. penis is so
3: big. Yeah. <laughs> it like, <I> <laughs> like, is it? Mm- it's the same thing
1: also. Like, I just think that like boxer short, like boxers are like a prison. Like I, I, think, <laughs> yes, I yes. think that toxic masculinity like cultures a lot of like young <laughs> men and boys to believe that they have to wear boxer shorts in order to like stay men. Uh, yeah. and, and like they mm-hmm. can't, like, even though like tighter white tidy whities are like ergonomically correct and like much more comfortable to wear. And like I, I don't know. I just remember like needing to graduate. Two boxers to like affirm my gender. Oh, same. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. Yeah, same. It was bon- like it is. It's just it's a prison. Boxers remember- are not.
4: Do you remember how old you were when that when you were thinking about that with boxers specifically? I was
1: I was a late so I graduated boxers late so maybe like sixteen or seventeen. Oh, okay.
4: I was
2: I was middle school as soon as I started being in the locker room in front of men and then the men made fun of my tidy whities mm-hmm. and then I was like mom I want a boxer short yeah <laughs> yeah. What about you, Luke?
0: I'm thinking about my mom. Uh, I grew up in like a really tight knit Indian community and most of the moms weren't working and my mom was a professor. And I remember like everyone would think it was like a strange arrangement that my dad was doing most of the caretaking for us. Mm -hmm. And my mom would always, she was like, and is like a a really big feminist presence in my life. And so she would always sort of like teach me about gender. And I I still say now that I think that gave me permission to be gender nonconforming because I saw my mom sort of transgress this stereotype that she was not interested in
1: i feel like we're like talking about some like very explicit ways that like gender can be really toxic and horrible but i feel like they're also like very like tiny ways and seemingly harmless ways or ways that people in your everyday like gender things without realizing it. like what are do you are there any examples that come to mind
0: i think just clothes
1: Close and generals. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's like it's, it's really intense because I feel like I started to identify as gender nonconforming because I wanted to like get out of all that bullshit. But then there's so many of a new set of politics of like, oh, if I don't paint my nails or if I don't wear a dress, then I'm thrown back into manhood. Ugh. And so I have to like always think about like what I'm wearing and it's difficult because I feel like my creativity is constantly pushed back to communicate what I want.
1: Mm-mm. How do you shop? Or rather, how do because you're a shopaholic, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, you are. Yes, you, like,
1: feel so guilty just, right just now. A, just
0: a guilty face.
1: How do you, like, navigate gendered? clothing stores or gendered spaces like that.
0: That was guilt, but that was also trauma, so Mm. um, (laughs) I stopped going to stores because it was too much. Mm. Like, I was dealing with so much shit in stores, and Mm. shopping used to be, like, so fun for me to try on stuff, but then just, like, literally getting kicked out, like, having people make fun of me, people Mm. taking photos of me, like, uh, the sort of benevolent comments of, like, are you sure that you want to be in here or that Mm. you belong here? So now the only way I'll go to stores is if, if I'm going with other people mm-hmm. because when I go alone just stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But I think that what that inspired me to start making my own clothes. So that's why now. It's a great way to remedy oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> now yes, I make the majority of my own clothes.
4: Do you really? Oh my god.
1: That's Bazonkar. I hate you. Wow, <laughs> you're not allowed to be this talented. It's <laughs> not fair. Um I uh I told everyone on the mic before that I started going to Barry's boot camp, which is like a ah! really it's a really stupid like antica- antithetical thing that, for me to do with the kind of personality that I have, but anyways, during the exercises, every single and I've gone to a lot. Every single instructor does this thing where they're like, "Okay, ladies, pick up a fifteen yes. pound yes, weight, yes, and, yes, 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 and oh. gentlemen, pick up like a twenty five pound weight."
2: The the gender of gym spaces, mm-hmm. oh, oh, it's like, I mean, locker rooms. I am Trauma. I am never no. more afraid than when I am in a locker room, mm-hmm. and it's an odd space because at the same time. I have been known to hook up in locker rooms, right? So at the same time, it's like the space of queer pleasure, queer possibility, queer meeting. And, and at the other time, it's like if I do the wrong look or the wrong whatever, I will literally be like physically very, very harmed. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, that crazy thing. And then just the the toxic masculinity in workout spaces, mm-hmm. the way people feel like they need to use their bodies to own power and then to exert that power on you through gender it's just as like I, I've noticed when I go to the gym I, cause I have you know I just I'm busy in the morning I just throw I love femme gym clothes but sometimes I just like uh, my, <laughs> my ex bought me this like matching pair of like you know blue very butch kind of like shorts and like a matching like tank top but like mm-hmm. work, that workout material the stuff mm-hmm. that you would see like a straight mm-hmm. bro wearing when I wear that to the gym everyone in the gym gives me like the fist bumps and they wow. like give me the head nods mm-hmm. when I'm wearing like my normal shit no one even looks at me Mm -hmm. none of the men look at me you know so it's sort of like it's fascinating to be someone who like i consider myself non-binary and uh, i know i present as a cis gay man but like and kind of owning those different identities and watching how different people interact with me like Mm -hmm. the different Mm -hmm. level of comfort people have touching me physically Mm -hmm. when i present more butch is fascinating
4: i think like, that's a big part of why I actually don't, like, have a gym membership and I don't actively go to the gym is because I cannot – like, it's very hard for me to be in all male spaces <laughs> when mm-hmm. I know that a lot of the men are going to be straight. And honestly, even when I know that a lot of the men are going to be gay, mm-hmm. if it's, like, a more gay gym, mm-hmm. so, like – which is part of why, like, I prefer to do things like like going to Pilates studios or yoga studios where – I because I also prefer to wear, like, women's workout clothes. I'm much more motivated to work out if I am comfortable in what I'm wearing, and that's, like, really important to me. Yeah and but it's funny because even there they they'll have like a locker room mm-hmm. that's gendered and like I will use it if I need to use it but I just like go in I go out I'm very quick I don't look at anyone it's like it just it's like a terrifying space for me and so I don't mm-hmm. like to engage Ye-
1: Joe is starting to build on something like about this but why are people so Allergic to, or at times violent toward things outside of the gender binary. (laughs) 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 I'm looking directly at a look because they have a body of work around this topic.
0: I'm trying to figure it out. Like every day, it's a new experience. And I wanted to say about the gym stuff. I recently started my own gym journey, Mm. and the only way I could do it was by doing a full face of makeup to go to the gym. Really? Like I just I felt like I was so getting gendered as man every time I was in the gym Mm. that. I like needed something To disarticulate that To just yes! like, Yeah And yes. so now There's like sweat Kind of like uh, Like foundation Kind of like yes. Lipstick moment Which Do you has look been... like
1: a Like a painting like Yeah an, I A beautiful <laughs> <from laughs> painting
0: It's really fun and, and there's very few Rare moments in New York Where I actually feel Like recognized But actually someone Who worked at my gym Said to me You can use Whichever locker room You want oh,
3: And that was oh like
0: So god.
2: cool Yeah I was like Oh my god
0: This is amazing <laughs> Yeah Um around the violence of the gender binary stuff, I mean, I think at a fundamental level there's this mistaken idea that non-binary or gender non-conforming people are a minority but I always say that we're not a minority we've been minoritized and the difference Mm -hmm. between being a minority and being minoritized is a world in which if you present as visibly gender non-conforming it's not a question of if it's a question of when you'll be policed back into one of the two Mm -hmm. and so I actually see that a lot of the policing of people like me is because people see themselves in us Mm -hmm. and that they've already done that work intimately and they're externalizing it to us so they had to bash the kind of queer or the gender nonconforming in them and then we are actually it, it's not actually about us it's their projection
1: hmm. I really like that idea of it, it especially when you're in that moment that can be really a terrifying one if, if you're being policed in a public space mm-hmm. by someone that you don't know that you're like okay this is not about me this is about them like that to me is a mental trick I've never thought about before that like worked. I mean I think that
2: that fine line between desire and violence mm-hmm. is something we don't talk about oh my god enough. seriously and it, yeah. and it came up in the play that producer Alex and I saw choir boy which ah! is incredible Tro I McCraney definitely see it but that that line of of people being so repulsed by their own desire not I don't even mean f- like they want to have sex with you that's not what I mean by desire but like desire to exist in that way or desire to like the the desire that they had to potentially um you know, break those boundaries in themselves. And so because you present that desire toward them, they both are attracted to it and then afraid of that attraction. And and that's a rupture. And people don't know how to deal with ruptures oftentimes. And it comes out as violence towards the person they feel. And then how you gain control. Again, you gain control by physically harming someone mm-hmm. or by saying some shit to them to make them feel less good about themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's definitely something, um, particularly around around binary. I think about queer attraction as well. How many people like, have queer sex with someone and then they they weren't expecting to do that and then the person like rejects them afterwards because you know they were an expression of a desire that they had repressed mm-hmm. for so long yeah.
0: yeah when i'm getting harassed i can't tell if people want to be me be with me or beat me yeah mm-hmm. and or yeah. all all of it at the same time <laughs> but i think that goes to sort of what we were talking about about reciprocity and emotional labor like i think that i used to do the work of being like I know you used to wear dresses when you were five. Like, let's work through this together. (laughs) And then then one of my friends, like, had this really amazing conversation with me where they were like, "Look, that's true. Like, a lot of these men have repressed their femininity. But guess what? You didn't. And you didn't ever stop wearing dresses. And you never made that choice to actually be invisible, that you've been experiencing violence from when you were a kid until now. And they're not showing up for you. Mm. And so mm. I think that's part of like I, I, I sympathize and I get it, but I also feel like it's unreciprocated because those of us who are actually living visibly gender nonconforming lives today are constantly erased.
2: Mm. Is it, it erased yeah. or hypervisibilized in moments that are going to lead to violence? Right. right? That's mm. the, the par the paradox of it.
1: What would you I so I told you this before we got on record, but like I texted a few friends and told them that Eloquist coming into the studio and I was like, Do you have questions for them? And like a lot of questions that came through I had like two different questions that were along the same thing, which were like how from someone specifically who has a job wherein they are don't feel comfortable owning non-binary pronouns, so they use a uh, a binary pronoun in their job, but they themselves identify as non-binary and are figuring out how to like work through that and own that. What would you say to someone who is just like trying but don't have the safety um, space to do so?
0: I would say do whatever you need to do like mm-hmm. I, I really am so over standardizing visibility as authenticity mm-hmm. like actually we're mm-hmm. all navigating so much so much violence so much trauma so much family dynamics so much labor dynamics Yeah. and I actually that's why I feel like so much of the coming out discourse for me is where racism and transphobia live mm-hmm. because they tell us to come out and they don't protect us once we are Word. and so yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. kind of like actually withhold and mm. um, if you are able Able to and I, I think I feel really sad because I wish that there are ways that I could withhold that I can't anymore mm-hmm. I think I came to a place where when I first started identifying as GNC I was like okay I'm just in male drag most of the time it's fine it's safer but mm-hmm. then I started to feel so dysphoric about that that I started to wear dresses and, and skirts every day mm-hmm. and it didn't just become something that I did occasionally it's something I did every day and I kind of miss being able to do that because my life
2: was so much easier <laughs>
4: when you would present yeah. in a certain
2: way yeah yeah um, my my good friend and friend of the show Darnell Moore uh, wrote an essay about coming out as as queer uh, that reframes coming out as inviting in mm-hmm. that like sort of tries to break the closet and say this kind of Harvey milk white notion that we have to be publicly queer otherwise we're cowards mm-hmm. is is not, it's, it's white supremacist right. fundamentally mm-hmm. and doesn't understand that people have to negotiate all sorts of different identities. Uh, and so reframing that about inviting people into your wholeness when you trust them. Uh, and that to me, when I read it many, many years ago, y'all Google Darno Moore inviting in, it completely we ref- re- shifted that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, fu- it's, fu- I work in a very, I'm a scientist in an academic institution and, you know, my nails are painted right now and I would love to wear uh, ch- a chunky heel to work, but I don't. So mm-hmm. those, I, I I hate, I hate having to think so hard about it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I hate the guilt of doing it and of not, the fear of doing it because I could get, I mean, I could get fired and then the guilt of not doing mm-hmm. it. Like there is no answer that makes you feel good about yourself fundamentally every day. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, yeah. yeah. Dennis. It's, I mean, and at the end of the day, Especially once we're into adulthood, like we have to protect so many different aspects of ourselves, including our financial well-being, mm-hmm. um, which in some ways is our is like our access to capital. In that way, can be our access to power in our society, and that's also that can be an important thing too. Um, so it's really challenging. When I was in my last job, and this is a small part of why I left it, um, I was at a nonprofit. I worked with kids. Um, a pretty I mean, all like families of color, but a pretty diverse like group of 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 families in a lot of different ways. And I by that point was very out already as a queer person and had been and while during my time there is when I began to really express more and more my non my my non binary identity although it wasn't until my last year that I did change my pronouns like on the website and for my my professional bio and all of that um I never really talked to families about it so I was usually referred to as he anyway which is acceptable to me but I did change it like visually on the website but I say that to say that after I left I recently met up for drinks with my my first boss there, and she told me that when I started, like, for the first couple of months, there were a number of families that actually came in and complained, because seeing someone who was visu- visibly queer, was mm-hmm. they felt was a problem for them, mm-hmm. and for working with their kids. And mm-hmm. she was kind of like, well, like, he's here, and he's the only person that you know who's going to get your kid into the school you want your kid mm-hmm. to go to, so, like, sit down and shut up. But... <laughs> um and and once actually that started happening like she was like after that we didn't hear any more complaints from anyone mm. but um i didn't even know that i had to kind of earn my like safety and my position in that in that space because of that but i think that it can be really really tough when you are a queer person and you're working around children because a lot of people are like whatever 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 when they see you out in the world on the street but then when you're working with their kid and you're introducing something to their kid that they have to answer difficult questions about or that they don't want their kid to know about then sometimes that's when it becomes like more of an issue for them so that's something that i've always like thought about because a lot of my professional life has been working with like minors
3: Mm-hmm.
2: what about you friend how do you negotiate it with like in, in terms of your gender your gender and sexuality present i mean you know you're professionally gay i'm professionally
3: gay
1: <laughs> i am a professional homosexual i recently was on a podcast and they the person asked me how i identify and i was like well i don't know like it's, for me like the con the process of working through my gender is still it's an ongoing project yeah. my gender is an ongoing project and for me like I'm someone who has kind of always deferred to he, him pronouns, but, like, the idea of calling myself a man is just not something that I really... That's not something that I (laughs) -hmm. I, I feel connected to, and I don't really know how to reconcile that exactly. And honestly, one of the big things that I was thinking about going into today's conversation is actually one that I've had with a lot of either cis-presenting and or closeted non-binary people who have, like... who are weary of coming out or mm-hmm. weary of owning the label of non-binary non-binary because we don't want to take up space mm-hmm. or because we don't want to assert ourselves in a way that would like, you know, I don't know, honestly, or even mm-hmm. like to feel like, uh, non binary identity is like inaccessible, or that it's too cerebral, or that for some reason I'm not smart enough to own what mm. it is that means, um, or these people, you know. So, I'm curious, I don't know, how did y'all, how did you reconcile that, Dennis, or, or a local, What would you say to a person
0: who's dealing with that? I get this question all the time. Really? Uh, it's, it's, I, I would say probably one of the most uh, common qu- questions that I get. No way. And, I I really want to first sympathize with that because for a long time I was like Going through the same thing, but then I started to actually think, okay, this is actually transphobic to conflate non-binary with having to experience violence. Mm. Like what? <laughs> like like yeah. our con- our entire conception of non-binary has to be mediated by violence, and if you have not experienced this kind of violence, then you can't be something. Like mm-hmm. I'm actually in a world where non-binary people are fine, like relaxing, sitting at a park, like, and and I, I think like a great example to think about that. That is, like, actually, like, there are a lot of, like, rich white cis women who are not experiencing the brunt of sexism, mm-hmm. but people aren't going to be like, you're not a woman because you've not been, insert right, violence, right, you right. Know? Yeah, right. And yeah, so yeah. that's where the transphobia lives, is that we create this idea that you have to experience a spectacularized violence in order to have access to this category. When I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I think that the more important question is to actually have a conversation about Proximity to power, mm. and that that's not the same thing as how you identify.
3: Oh. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and so, I actually find that most non-binary people are able to talk th- talk about power to be like, "Hey, like, yeah. I'm non-black or I'm middle class or I have these sorts of things," and that shapes your experience of non binariness but that doesn't disqualify it. Yeah, mm.
4: I sort I deeply, deeply agree with that. And I think um, one of the things that you're touching on there is the idea that in so many different facets of our identities, like it's really actually a conversation less about how we identify and more about. Proximity to power Mm -hmm. and power in itself, and there are so many people out there who I think um, have maybe a distaste or fear about talking about talking about power. Mm -hmm. And I think that when it when it comes to that conversation about taking up space, because like what's what's difficult for me about that is that like we're all allowed to have identities, and we're all allowed to name our identities, and we should be naming our identities and there's there's room for for our identities what's what is more important and what's more interesting is like maybe where does our identity or in some cases where does our presentation place us in that conversation about power and how do we use that to continue to lift up the people who are around us mm. um and who are who maybe have a lesser proximity to power mm. like how can we use our position to do that that's like what's really interesting to me anyway and that's also a productive way to potentially like have, engage in the conversation and have some space. Oh
1: look, that's something that you actually do a lot with Europe. Will you talk about like how you tour and what you, what you do? What yeah,
0: totally touring? and one thing I wanted to say to that conversation before is I think haunting that conversation is a fear of like, if I'm not on hormones or if I'm not medicalized then I can't claim this term. Oh wow.
3: Truly though, even if you don't say it,
2: right. that's what this how is. How American 2019 and, is that? Right. Like if you're not taking a pill, you're not a thing.
0: Uh, and, <laughs> and that like, I really want to speak out against because Hmm. like that is so racist (laughs) like it's so racist because there have always been gender non-conforming people in communities of color indigenous Mm -hmm. communities across the world before and after the medicalization of transness Mm -hmm. and this idea that like medical transness is somehow more real or authentic is really rooted in white supremacy and and it needs to be named yeah it needs to be named as such and and i think it's like that's the number one reason so many people tell me like well you know i'm not medicalized so i don't want to and i'm like where did this narrative come from like this is actually so ahistorical and wrong um and and i think that's where also we need to also have really honest conversations that gender binarism exists within the trans community Mm -mm. and and i think this is something i've really been (laughs) trying to speak more about is like when i walk down the street i i have trash thrown at me i have people physically assault me sexually assault me I'm pushed down, I'm shoved, I'm worried for my life. But there's no ability to talk about that because I'm not a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. And so actually a lot of the violence I experience is more likened to what society would call trans women of color. Mm-hmm. But there's no framework for me because people just see me as a man in a dress. Mm-hmm. But that's why I'm getting attacked, right? And so I get really frustrated because I'm like, oh my gosh, if I said I was a woman, would people believe me about the violence that I experience? Mm-hmm. But that's an insidious way in which gender binarism shows up, is that we may make the binary a proximity to intelligibility or coherence right, 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 and right, right, then right. otherwise there's just no frame of reference for what you're going through. Mm. The question around touring and and I, I think about this all the time is like actually I think that the best artists are the people we've not heard from yet mm, because true. they've been forcibly silenced. I just operate from that premise that actually the most creative people in the world practice art that's about their survival because what is more creative than living? Like I believe mm. and operate from the premise that life making is the creative work, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of MFAs can't make art. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> a lot of like...
4: <laughs> Dragging y'all.
1: A
0: lot of professional... <laughs> oh,
1: you, not, don't have, you don't have no, an MFA. Like, some,
0: hashtag not all MFAs, but like... know, Like so many of the people who I see as artists would never call themselves as artists. And I didn't for a really long time too because I was just like, this is just what I... It's not like my craft. It's like... And I'm like, whoa, like you survived. That is a creative act. Yeah, Show yeah, me mm-hmm. how. You know, and so a lot of what I really try to do when I'm touring is I, I try to work with people who would never be, in, like, recognized by the institutional art world as making art. Maybe because they're doing drag, which is still constantly always seen as a kind of less than or club art form. Absolutely. Or maybe mm. because they're actually calling it, like, a diary entry versus poetry. But they're making that kind of work. And I'm always thinking about, who do I get to open for me where I can actually say, look at this person. Aren't they incredible? Hmm. Mm. I
3: love
1: that. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, well... Thank you so much. Thank Morgan. you for joining us yeah. for this conversation. We uh, do not deserve you. That Nalo. is a very true. <laughs> yes. I'm feeling like I'm full, but I could fit just one more thing inside me. Dennis knows what mm. I'm talking about. And uh, today, our dessert, which is the little delectable thing that we recommend at the end of each episode, is co-presented by me and Loke. This week's dessert is. Him from the Powerpuff Girls.
2: That's
3: brilliant! Oh, Mr. Quackers, you are so
4: You're smart. Quite a positively evil scheme you've hatched, and I'll
3: finally be rid of those girls. Hello okay,
1: tell me why. Him, this supervillain of the series *Powerpuff Girls*, is like meant something to you.
0: I mean, him was the only visual representation I had of Gender Nonconforming like gender nonconformity growing up at all. Oh my God. Because everyone calls him him without asking what their preferred pronouns are. (laughs) Really? And like him... (laughs) Getting misgendered constantly. Constantly. And I feel like guilty (laughs) even calling them him because I'm like, I don't really know. But I think it goes to the point where it's like they were wearing heels. They have kind of like facial hair, but they're demonized. Maybe Mm. they're just misunderstood.
1: Maybe they're just misunderstood. Uh, I thought it was... Maybe the language for it doesn't
2: exist yet. Or Mm. didn't exist. I mean... uh,
1: I, I mean, I love... First of all, I love that it is... That they are the most powerful... Villain, mm. like in this series, they're the what? They're like the be all and all villain of all villains. Like they're the villain. They're tr- constantly trying to be and can't. They're the ones that they're tr- trying to thwart and never can. The one that like keeps coming back, always has like a recurring moment. And I love that like this kind of non-binary, maybe trans feminine person is like truly constantly the most powerful object in the series. Like I love that. But I also love that they have thigh high boots, mm-hmm. yes. facial hair, and a fully red disposition and a tutu, and that their voice like vacillates between like like high pitch but also like deeply masculine or whatever. I, I think that that's, <laughs> <laughs> that that's me when I
2: teach, yeah. yeah I mean, just, oh teach my god. It's just like your mask is down
1: here. Yeah, mask Oh my god. You do I'm have ready a very throaty disposi- oh disposition. <laughs> and, uh, it's all your voice does go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But power to him truly like I I also similar to you Alok like I remember this example of like gender nonconformity like as a child not being able to necessarily unlock or understand it as a kid I didn't quite get why it was right. happening on mm-hmm. screen but I intuitively knew that th- I had something akin to whatever this character was Amazing! Like, yeah. there's also like have any of y'all ever seen All Dogs Go to Heaven?
2: Yes of course
1: there is no. Kenya <laughs> just freaked out there, there <laughs> is this like deus ex machina moment in the series where this drag queen crocodile saves the dog and yes I remember the, that yeah and their owner um, oh, right. And it's bizarre, and it's like this, oh my goodness, and it, it's literally a Deus Ex Machina. Like they sweep in and save everything, and with no rhyme or reason, a character that has never been introduced and has no place in the narrative just like comes out of nowhere. And it's like I'm a drag queen crocodile, and, like, <laughs> wow. and they sing a song, <laughs> and then they dis- oh. and they save them and disappear, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. And that's another moment like similar to like what him was for me. I was like, wait this is insane and this representation of their gender is something that I truly have never seen before in my entire life. And it definitely was never explained in either of these series. Definitely didn't have didn't come with the language or the lexicon of like what it means to be non-binary gender non-conforming but I still knew it was you know what I mean?
3: <laughs> and you I saw some
4: of yourself in it yeah. mm-hmm.
3: and you
2: were I'm like, there we go so shocked friend that you were identifying at a young age with a super villain with a dev- <laughs>
4: well, but, but maybe someone who like many like many an animated villain is actually just misunderstood absolutely what a little bite
1: yeah. <laughs> This episode of Food for Thought was made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and also our new home at Forever Dog. Dog. Our producer is the J-Lo to our Ben Affleck, (laughs) Alexander the Palma. No!
2: We do not say Ben Affleck on this podcast! (laughs) That is homophobic! I'm just trolling.
3: I
1: just wanted to troll
3: you.
2: Amazing.
1: Our social media manager puts the penis in happiness, Christina Tucker. We do not say penis on this podcast. <laughs> Honestly, both, both fair points. Really. Subscribe, rate, interview us, or I quit. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm out. This is over. Don't
2: do it. Don't do Just it. <laughs>
1: get, us, get at us on iTunes. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on all social media and also CoStar. I want to figure out our astrological compatibility. Okay, oh, wow. So match oh. with me there.
2: I am Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com.
4: I am Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at The Earl Den T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N.
0: Hey, everyone. I'm Alok, as in Tell Me a Joke, Aloke, And you can find me at, at A-L-O-K-V-M-E-N-O-N.
1: Find us on Instagram at Gay us Who Read. And join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions to the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's episode. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we are reading and some extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, email us with your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick, dick pics at... Thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thought spelled how? T-H-O-T.
2: Mwah! Hold up.